It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. So Eric, I actually think this is a great day to be filming this particular episode. I, I just got off a plane, I think just over an hour ago, <laughs> was driving the speed limit, but I was coming as quick as I could uh, so that we could actually film today. Because we don't have our daily thunder up uh, yet. That's right. We, we are late getting it up. up. And uh, this is later in the afternoon. We never do it this late uh, on a Monday. <laughs> but you're exhausted. The first thing you said, you sort of fumbled your words, mixed up your sentence. <laughs> and we were both sort of panicking because it's like, I don't know if this is going to go over it's so like, well. All right, we got to go. We got to film daily thunder. I was praying the way up here going, all right, Lord, uh, I need clarity. So I have this massive headache and I'm exhausted from the from this trip. So you're like the epitome of what we could call weakness. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, hey, this is actually a great way of, <laughs> of going into Daily Thunder because it just exemplifies uh, the message that you preached yesterday, which yes. I, I wasn't here for, but I, I heard on the plane. Uh, yeah. I was listening to the podcast, which if someone hasn't subscribed to the Eric Ludi sermon podcast. Can you imagine someone not having done that? Well, by now? you know, some people prefer the video version. <laughs> so I could understand why you may not want to listen to the audio because, you know, since you reference the uh, screen so often, but if they haven't, it'd be a great opportunity to like oh, yeah. subscribe to the podcast. Uh, but we're unpacking this week the message from yesterday, which is called the brilliance of weakness. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes. Yes. That's <laughs> good. So probably remember last week. Do you want to repeat that? Na- <laughs> no, the last week okay. was hard. <clears throat> but we're we're looking at uh, on in each of these episodes this idea of what you're calling nicknamed something. Yeah. So today is nicknamed crazy. Yeah. And again, we're going to be fleshing out yesterday's sermon. And if someone hasn't listened to the sermon, I would I would encourage them to almost pause the Daily Thunder, go back and listen to that message, whether it's on the uh, ellersley.com forward slash daily page or just going to our ellersley.com and go to sermons. But could you even give a quick explanation yeah. of the message and just kind of summarize that? Well, yeah, it's based on the premise that God utilizes, leverages weakness as his platform to demonstrate his strength. Our weakness equates to heaven's opportunity. And when we are strong, heaven doesn't have the opportunity to work through us. It's like grace flows through a humble vessel. Grace flows through a contrite vessel. Grace flows through a weak and dependent vessel. All things that we really aren't that attracted to. And yet for the glory of God to be evidenced in this earth, we need to be a vessel or soil in which God can plant his seed and it can grow. And that's humility. That's lowness. That's weakness. It's not us thinking highly of ourselves, but us thinking highly of God. And so these are things that aren't necessarily attractive to the natural man. And yet when we catch the vision, we actually get excited about weakness. And that's the concept. We're supposed to embrace weakness as Christians and say, Lord, thank you for this opportunity because in and through it, you're going to be seen, which is the same way. And we've been joking about it, but it's actually how you live. And that is, all right, so I'm rather tired right now. My brain's a little foggy. I'm supposed to get in and sound intelligent on a daily thunder. And yet I know that God uses you in those situations. I've watched it. I've watched him in, in my life too. Yeah. It's even how we met. Isn't that funny to think about uh-huh. how we first met is I was at my weakest point physically. And, but I just chose it's like, God, you use weakness. And so I'm going to allow you to take this body, which can hardly stand up right now. And, speak and you could not speak. I couldn't even yeah. speak. And yeah. once I got up behind the podium, my voice came to it me. It was supernatural. And, and then, then the moment you pause for a break. I couldn't talk. You couldn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was truly remarkable. That's like how we're, we even yeah. met each other is in that situation. But both you and I have seen that over the years. 
that God, I still remember one situation. You and I were traveling to LA to speak at a men's conference. I don't know if you know which story I'm talking about. And I had done an interview, uh, and it was right during like rush hour in LA. It's like so it's a little it's amped up pressure, you know, when you're on the interview. And I, I felt like it was a total dud, if I could say it that way. You know, I know when I'm sharp and my mind is clear. In this situation, I just sort of felt off, like my brain was a little foggy. And I said to you, I said, for whatever reason, whenever I feel like it's sort of a paltry offering that I give, usually I'll get more feedback and people will come out of their way to Uh say, that changed my life. And I'm always thinking, well, guess who gets the credit? I know it wasn't me. It has to be God (laughs) using my paltry offering. And I said, watch, we'll get to LA and someone will come up to me and say, that so impacted me. it's like the first, I think it was the first person, person yeah. we meet comes up and says, I just heard you on the radio. It so impacted me. And you and I sort of chuckled right. because it's a life lesson that you and I have cultivated is that in and through our weakness comes forth God's strength. And I think the beauty of that is, I mean, I can, I can actually trace back the start of the thrust of God's movement in my life. That Like when my life radically changed, mm-hmm. it was in that, mm-hmm. uh, it was grasping that concept. And, and the, a mentor of mine just sat me down and said, look, there's going to come a point when you're going to be exhausted and you can't mm-hmm. do anything more and you're going to be at the end of your rope. It's in that moment. It's going to force you to depend upon Jesus. And the the brilliant, the, 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 the pith, if you want to say it that way, that he said afterward is recognize that in that moment when God show force himself through your dependency, that is how we're supposed to live every moment of every day as a Christian. And somehow that clicked because that yeah. whole summer was so insane to me that I was just living on fumes and yet seeing God supernaturally carry me through. And I was like, all right, this is how I'm supposed to live. And it it is amazing that that is seen all throughout scripture. I think probably the most classic story would be Gideon. Oh yeah. Uh, You want to flesh that out a little bit for us? Well, and I wish I had the numbers of how many Midianites there were. I want to say it was in the couple hundred thousand range uh, because I always get it mixed up with Hezekiah's 185,000. So, you know, we'll round up and pay 215,000. Then we average them both out at 200. Uh, but it's somewhere in that range. It's a lot. It's a huge host of, of Midianites. And so all the Israelites gather unto Gideon, and there's 30,000 of them. 32,000, was it? I don't remember. It was some, somewhere around there. It's a low number comparatively. And God says it's too much. And I, I think just right there, if we pause the story, that this is like in our life, there's a desire that we have to serve God. And to be strong for God. It's like, God, you made a good choice. In picking Eric Ludy, you made a good... I mean, I totally see why you chose me. Because I can bring this to the table. He's like, "Eh, you got too much there on the table, Eric. We need to take something off. It's like, what? This is what I have to bring. I know. But as long as you're bringing something, it gets in the way. And you might think it was you that did the saving. So could we remove that? I mean, that's the process we go through as Christians. God has to pare us down. He prunes us down. So that what comes forth is born of the Spirit. And so he says, there's too many. So he cut it down to, what, 10,000? And then he's looking around. So it's 10,000 against a couple hundred thousand. The odds are not good. And God's like, hmm, too many. And he cuts them down to 300. Now, of course, it's a famous story. Most of us know the story. But it is so profoundly crazy. And so the name of this is Nicknamed Crazy. That should be every one of our nicknames. Uh, we walk around in this world and go, there's that crazy guy. Uh, why? Because we follow Jesus. We do what he asks us, and I guarantee you, the world will look at it and go, that's crazy. Remember Mary of Bethany? What does she do? She pours out her spikenard. That's worth a year's wages. And Judas Iscariot is over there going, that's crazy. What is she doing? And Jesus like says, sort of like, hush, you don't know what you're speaking of. 
You see, what she's doing is significant. It's an act of faith. And acts of faith don't look normal to the world around us. They're crazy. And so all of us are supposed to have this nickname. 300 against multiple hundreds of thousands? If you're a betting person, which way are you going to go on that one? Yeah, not for the Israelites. And yet, what if you knew God (laughs) was the one saying, I've got you right where I want you? In other words, it's like, whoa, this is how God does it. I think it's so beautiful, and if that, I think that if that was the only story in Scripture, mm-hmm. we could probably just kind of go like, "Yeah, that's a that's a great, that's a great picture, that's a great yeah. illustration." But really, the Bible is replete with this yeah. idea of God loving to use the weakness yeah. to confound the wise. Yeah. He loves, He loves bringing you to the point of an impossibility yeah. so that He can show forth His grandeur. Yeah. You know, He loves bringing, you know, His people to this place of desperation yeah. where it seems like there's no hope and. Yeah. I mean, it's all through Christian history, but I love some of the stories. And, and you made a list, and I don't know if we have time to go through all these. Yeah, but I mean, that's hardly even a list. That's just a <laughs> little... <laughs> but there's just a, there's yeah. just some of these. I'm like, oh, that is that's such a great one. Like yeah. uh, Jesus coming as a baby. Yeah, that is that actually is insane. Oh yeah, to think that the God of the universe yeah. is coming and willing to be born as yeah. a babe who is so vulnerable. Oh yeah. In fact, you know, you have Herod yeah. who is trying to exterminate yeah. you know this potential king. That that really is insane. Yeah, we should have We should have thought majesty. this through, God. I mean, you, you don't don't come that way because then you'd be vulnerable. You right. would be weak, and yet God seems to have chosen the weak in th- in and through to reveal His strength. I mean, I'm not I'm, what well, I'm saying what the Bible says, but that is what He's done. It's true. So well, let me give you a short list, right. and then maybe you can pick one. Just one. I know. And this, this, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to force the weakness right. upon you, right. upon you to, to pull out a pith here. <clears throat> but we have like Esther as yeah. a girl, yeah. Joseph a, as a boy, Daniel being taken into Just captivity a young boy, as a yeah. young man. Uh, we have David and Goliath, yeah. uh, Elijah pouring out all the water, yeah. uh, the widow of Zarephath. Uh-huh. Uh, you want to take one of those and, uh, and well, flesh it yeah, out? Yeah, since in my message yesterday, I took the Elijah and the widow. Obviously, I shouldn't take that. Do you have... Do you have the river on there? Uh, yeah, uh, we have the river too. Yeah. Yeah. I. How do I? How do I pick one of those? I mean, first, I, I could go Jericho. You know, marching around, looking like fools, uh, marching around a wall, but saying, "Well, God's in control. He's greater than this." I mean, those are those are hard things. One of the reasons I like the Ezekiel River. What is that? Forty-seven uh, mm-hmm. in Ezekiel. Is to move forward in that river, which is like obedience. Uh, you get. It's less of you, more of the river, but you're going lower and lower and lower and the river is going higher and higher. And that seems to be the progression is the lower you go, the more of God increases in your life. But I I love the story of Elijah. And even though I mentioned this yesterday, it's just sort of hard not to bring it up uh, today. And that is here you are, what, three and a half years in a drought that's a that's a long drought, three and a half well, years. Especially in the Middle East, because water is. I mean, even to this day, water is so scarce. Yeah. I mean, they're so protective yeah. of the water. So to think that there's a three and a half drought, not a cloud in the sky. Yeah. This is intense, intense. So yeah. it's intense, intense. And Elijah, in a sense, I could just imagine. It doesn't say this, but that he's going to tell Herod. Uh, Herod. He's going to tell Ahab. <laughs> you got me. On that Herod. other bad guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to say, "Bring all the water." That remains. And so they have, you know, I don't know what it was, 12 uh, or a little more barrels. And then uh, he's going to build an altar to Jehovah. And he's going to say, dump it all on there. 
And I don't know what that was like for Herod. I wish, you know, someone needs to make a movie just of this scene because it, it, there's a, probably a lot of great nuance to it. But could you imagine how challenging that would be, how straining that would be to a nation who, where water is so rare and you're going to take basically these big, huge barrels of it and dump it on the altar of Jehovah. It's like, you want rain? Okay, dump out the water. All of it. It's total craziness, and it's weak. You're actually becoming weaker as a nation in order to see God's strength. And that purposeful step towards weakness seems to be the message of the kingdom of heaven. It's like the kingdom of heaven is like this. Well, what? Sell all so that you can get this. Give it all up so that you can gain this. Unless that corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it can't bring forth fruit. In other words, there seems to be this starting point of letting it all go, of becoming weak. And then the outcome of this quote unquote craziness is the profundity of heaven. So what looks crazy to this natural world is actually brilliance in heaven. It's brilliance to be obedient to God. It's brilliance to march around Jericho <laughs> like they are. It's brilliance right. uh, to have uh, Esther stand before the king. It's brilliant for uh, David not to wear Saul's armor. It's brilliant for Jesus to come as a baby. It's brilliant for him to be stripped naked and be pinned to two pieces of wood and die. How could that be brilliant? Watch what comes of it. God is in control. And so what is brilliant in heaven oftentimes looks like craziness down here. What looks like intelligence down here, God laughs at. He holds it in contempt. And so we have to be recreated. We have to have our minds renewed to think according to the kingdom of heaven. God knows what he's doing. Which demands a great humility and, and a willingness to, to have a fear of God without having a fear of man. Amen. Because the moment we have a fear of man, I am, I am actually concerned if yeah. the world thinks I'm crazy. I yeah. am concerned. Uh, I love the picture, to use not one of your illustrations, yeah. but uh, I loved in the book of Acts where the Pharisees bring in the disciples. And if you think about the disciples, they were not educated. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they, they lived up north. They probably wore belt buckles and, you know, had a twang, you know, and probably sang country music. Uh, in other words, they, they looked... <laughs> all the, the southerners are going to be. A I, well, little, I just, uh, I just came. I just, that. I just got back from Nashville, okay. so it, it made, you know, I, I, you I, can get away. With I was like, it makes sense to me. <laughs> I love it over there. Uh, but in other words, they were these northern folk who they weren't in Jerusalem. They weren't yeah. the educated. They weren't the schooled. They're they're fishermen. They're yeah. tax collectors. They're the, you know, they're the. Uh, in fact, the I think the way the Pharisees say it in the Book of Acts is like they're to use my translation. They're a comic book level. Yeah. Edu ed educated yeah. individuals. Yeah. And yet they noticed that they had been with Jesus. Yeah. They noticed that there was something going on in their lives that could not be explained yeah. through mere academia or through technique or talent or ability. Yeah. And I think that's one of the amazing things about the Christian life. I love that Ian Thomas quote where he says, if, if, if your Christianity can be explained in terms of you, yeah. you know, whether it be your talent, your willpower, your education, your resource or whatever, then although you may have the Christian life, you're not yet living it. Yeah. And I think that's that's just true in light of this craziness. In mm -hmm. other words, we as Christians need to be willing to be crazy mm -hmm. for the sake of Jesus Christ. Do you have a, Amen. just as we're wrapping up here, do you have a, a thought of how someone can be very, make this practical? In yeah. other words, all right, I esteem craziness. I esteem yeah. these stories in scripture. Yeah. I, I see what God's doing yeah. with wanting to use the weakness. But, you know, as, as humans, we want to show forth our strength. We want to show forth you know, whether we see it or not, it's, it's a prideful thing. Yeah. How do we choose the 
humble. How do we choose the crazy yeah. in day-to-day living? Yeah, and I have I have a lot of thoughts when you when you say that, uh, and I'm trying to think because I had like three different illustrations pop into my head. One of the ones that has been most helpful for me, and I don't know if it's a one moment thing. I think it's a process of us letting go of our image, our reputation, and taking on His image and His reputation, identifying with Him instead of with this world. And I'd like to think that it could just happen, boom, because we just say, okay, that's what I'm going to do. But oftentimes there's a winning over of the Holy Spirit, a convincing of the Holy Spirit to show us his worthiness. And it's like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Here I am. But my sister gave me an illustration of the cross. She was walking through it in vivid detail. And she was talking about Jesus being naked, hanging up on that tree, being despised, rejected. He was just covered with, uh, with blood and you know, hardly recognizable even as a man. And he's surrounded by mockery and revilement, and they're hurling insults at him. And it is probably one of the hardest places to be would be right there at the cross. Uh, And it's the place of uh, shame. And, you know, of course, even hanging on a tree is a symbol of a curse. Uh, It's the, the rejected of earth and of heaven. In other words, they have no place, so they're stuck in between. And, uh, and so she was building up that scene. And then she said, um, Now imagine, Eric, would you be willing to walk up to that cross, turn around and face the mocking crowds, and as they start looking at you like, what are you doing? Hey, Ludi, what are you, with them? And stick up your finger, even if it's wobbling in the air uh, and your knees are knocking, stick up your finger and point at your Christ in that state of shame when he looks weak because we know he's victorious right we know what is really happening but the world doesn't they only see weakness they see craziness they see defeat and saying i'm with him and you know when my sister shared that with me i don't know i I think what it did first and foremost is just shut me up it's like i'm not going to do any peter bragging you know right now i'm just going to let that sink in and say lord i think i'm I'm weak inside. I want to follow you, but I recognize that there's something more needed. And there is in all of us. We need a gusto to go in the crazy direction. We need the Holy Spirit to take us, but we have to let go. And we have to humble ourselves and lower ourselves to be lifted up. And so that entry point into the kingdom of heaven, as I've said many times, is like through this vast ivory wall where there's only a little hole right at the very bottom where the dirt meets the wall, and you have to strip yourself of everything, get on your belly and wiggle through. To get into the kingdom of heaven demands humility. And to move forward in the kingdom of heaven demands humility. To move forward into a crazy direction, I'm putting quotes around that, because it's not really crazy. In heaven, it's brilliant, but in this earth size, it's crazy demands that we go low to be able to experience the heights of his kingdom. Hmm. My prayer is that we all don't just merely esteem it, but that we actually walk in that reality. Amen. And again, I think if someone wants to flesh this out even more, I would, again, just encourage them to go back and listen to yesterday's sermon, and they can do that at ellersley.com forward slash daily. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is streamed daily, Monday through Friday, from our studio in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekend church service is delivered live and streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. 
join us at live.ellersley.com. Note that our live weekday in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume this upcoming June in conjunction with our training season. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening.